Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted! Intercepted! DJ Rodgers in the end zone for the touchdown! NFC Championship Dagger! Blitz is on, Rodgers scrambles left, winds up, rainbow. Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, all Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. You can find my writing at Dairyland Express. And I am joined with my good buddy, Tyler, a.k.a. T-Plus. You can find Tyler on Twitter, at Tyler Kurth, and you can find his writing at Reviewing the Brew. Make sure you check out our podcast, Twitter, at Trilogy underscore pod. Um, also, we are on Facebook and Instagram as well. And then on YouTube, we are the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast there. Please hit subscribe. That would really make me feel great and i'm sure the same for tyler so (laughs) hit that subscribe button that would truly mean a lot to us um before we get into our stuff i think we would be remiss to not mention um the unfortunate passing of kevin green and 2020 has just been a terrible time and i've done a bad job of the other legends that have unfortunately passed away um her batterly also did this year um the golden boy uh paul horning recently passed away as well just it's been a bad year um and kevin green is now the latest and he was far too young he was just 58 um if you're not sure who kevin green is one he is a hall of famer outside linebacker Um, just terrorized opposing quarterbacks in his playing days. And he was probably the most important position coach in our Super Bowl run. Um, If you haven't seen, heard, um, his basically probably the thing in Green Bay he's most known for, um, and that is his little mini speech to Clay Matthews um, right before Clay Matthews makes Rashawn Mendenhall just be like, no ball, come back to me. Uh, (laughs) I love that clip of Mendenhall just trying to get the ball that's too far away to grab. Um, But Kevin Green, right before that happened, went up to Clay Matthews and said, it is time. It is time. And that is really unfortunate passing. And I am very sorry for his family. I hope they can get through this. Thoughts and prayers to them. Um, And I'm not really sure how we move on from this. So I guess, Tyler, I'll just ask how you're doing. (laughs) That's a terrible transition. Um, Well, I'll fill your negative with another negative, because I think on that same day, old Brewers manager Harvey Keene's wife passed away as well, Audrey, who was referred to by the players as mom. So 
sad day in Wisconsin sports this week's, but I mean, nonetheless, the show must go on. So I, that, that's my failed attempt at a transition here. It's better so. than mine. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like always, we we like to kind of backtrack to the game before, and I think there was a couple takeaways from me um, as I listened to you talk about um, that I want to elaborate a little bit more on your solo podcast. And the first guy that stood out to me in that game against the Panthers was Shannon Sullivan. He got absolutely picked on the week before against the Lions and came out and had an incredible game. Much like most of the Packers secondary, I mean, they had seven pass defense all together. But, you know, taking a look at PFF, Shannon Sullivan was the highest graded player on defense at 92.5. So absolutely insane. I mean, I saw the way that guy was moving. I was like, huh, that, that that's a great way to respond to a terrible week prior. Um, but then otherwise, like on the flip side of that, like I was really not impressed with the Packers offensive line play I mean we're supposed to be so good and and they got eight alive by seemingly two players I mean Derek Brown Brown and Brian Burns combined for 10 pressures and four sacks against us which is a little concerning because I mean as much as everyone thinks back to like oh the NFC championship game we got ran all over that's why we lost but like no like Bosa and you know, whoever else all the stupid 49ers rushers are, they're so damn good. So I, I did find that a little concerning, like, because if we start to get a little pressure in our face, all of a sudden we can't move the ball as effectively, and that could certainly be an issue down the road. So um, those were my two takeaways from last week's game against the Panthers. Yeah, and and I understand your kind of nervousness about the offensive line, but they truly have been one of the best, if not the best offensive line in football. You know, you take away the, the one game against Carolina and they probably have been the best. They have been very good. Um, As of right now in pass blocking per PFF, David Bakhtiari is ranked first among any uh, offensive linemen at all Um, in total blocking grade. He is second um, at 91.7. So he's been phenomenal. Um, The rest of the offensive line has really been pretty dang good. Um, And if you kind of go down the list, you know, Corey Lindsley should be getting back. You know, that should help um, with Elton Jenkins back at left guard, Lucas Patrick at right guard. Um, And and you kind of got your guys that you initially – expected this year outside of Lane Taylor but to me I'm not overly concerned I understand kind of where you're coming from but at the same time this team has been very good throughout the course of the year and it's one game um this game in the Bucks is probably their only bad games um but that Bucks game just was terrible overall And you mentioned Shannon Sullivan. So he had a very good game. I mentioned Adrian Amos um, on the recap podcast. He did extremely well as well. He had a 91.2, the only two defensive players above a 90. But then right there, Chris Barnes at 87.4, Kenny Clark 85.8. So, you know, that's four very, very good performances. And if that continues, that – 
is amazing. Um, and actually, I'm looking at PFF grades for this game, and I went over to the offensive side just to kind of see where it stood um, in this game. Ranked one, 92.6 Billy Turner. So along that offensive line, um, they had him graded very highly. His run blocking was very, very high. His pass blocking was decent at 77.7. Next highest, a guy that probably should have gotten more opportunities in A.J. Dillon at 78.7. Then Big Dog, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Jamal Williams uh, round out the top six. Aaron Rodgers was at eight, um, and just for the sake of saying it, because it wasn't his best game, but I think it's because Carolina focused on him. Devontae Adams was a 55.7 um, against the Panthers, which, like I said, they were very much focused on taking him out of the game, and it was by far his worst performance of the year. Um, I don't think that that is a trend by any stretch of the imagination, but that is what happened in this game. So um, maybe something to watch. But like I said, I don't think that is a trend by any means. Let's go ahead and move forward. We do not have an injury report. We're recording a day early. Try to get out, get this out before um, Christmas, even Christmas. I'm not really sure uh, what everyone else's plans are. But I know Tyler and I are trying to get some writing done early in the week and these podcasts out so we don't have to. Uh, kind of worry about that. We can relax, enjoy the time off, all those types of things. I hope you guys do as well. Um, so no injury report to get into. So let's just go into this game. And I'm not even going to ask you what <laughs> the one thing we need to do to stop this Titans team. Um, I'm just going to say, Tyler, because I know you were looking up before, how are the Packers going to stop Derrick Henry? Uh, well, I mean, the correct answer is you probably don't. <laughs> so, that um, probably no matter is what. the right answer, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can like put a number on it like, oh, you have to hold him under 100 or 150. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's really fair. I mean, he's only failed to rush over 100 yards five times this season. So that, that's not a lot. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I was doing some reading, like you said, and like there was one – quote that really stuck out in my mind and it was by one of the the Tennessee beat reporters and he said unless you plan on going ahead by a shit ton early which you know you can't really predict and make the Titans play from behind your best chance at slowing him down is to not let him get to the second level because he's not as strong in the trenches which I know is really hard to imagine because he's just an enormous human being, but you can't let him get those legs turning. You can't let him get a full head of steam. So, like, for me, it's like, this is a perfect game. Like, let's bring BJ Raji out of retirement to clog up some holes or something. Um, but, but, like, really, like, same premises. Like, I feel like this is a game where, like, big old Tyler Lancaster, one of our bigger D linemen, should be in there plugging up holes, you know, getting an arm on him at least. And, you know, you, you have to slow his momentum down somewhere, even if you don't get the tackle, especially early on. So uh, that, that's kind of the one thing that I've seen so far. Yeah, and, and you're talking about B.J. Raji. So another option, which happened a few weeks ago, the Packers signed Anthony Rush. So he's 
like through and through a nose tackle. I'm going to tell you how big this guy is. Six, five, 350 pounds. So if there is a game that, you know, and he doesn't even really have to be like, he doesn't have to be disruptive. Like you said, if he can just like kind of barrel up a hole and make two guys have to stay on him long enough where we can see the missile that is uh, Kamal Martin fly into the backfield to at this point, I think we just have to hope for him to get Derrick Henry off balance. I think Um, because we've seen him miss those plays plenty of times, but his, I, I think I mentioned it on the recap podcast. He is boomer bust and Christian Kirksey is mediocre or bust. There's like, there's no booming right now with Christian Kirksey. So to me, you know, having Kenny Clark in there, who is obviously he's starting to play a lot better. um, And that is exciting for Packer fans. And he can be disruptive. He could be the disruptive guy. So instead of a Tyler Lancaster, even though we're not really sure what Anthony Rush is going to be able to give us, why not Anthony Rush? Because, in this game, it makes a lot of sense. And in this game, if he can be effective and help you slow down Derrick Henry, because the Packers are not going to stop him. They're, if you're thinking the Packers are going to stop him, you're delusional. Get off the shrooms. Whatever you're doing, get off of it because it's not going to happen. But if they can, if he can help slow him down enough to win the game, then then you know that. And if he's not... You know, in the second half, you bring Dean Lowry back in. You bring Tyler Lancaster. You bring Kingsley Kiki in those early downs of the offense. But if it is working, that's good information to know because on early downs, he could be a guy that is in there and helps clog up some holes, makes it easier for the likes of Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, and as it seems, unfortunately, Christian Kirksey at this point, that that's going to be beneficial. And, and that's what I'm kind of looking for. Does he get an opportunity here? I don't know if he's good enough, but I'd like to see it because the size is interesting alongside Kenny Clark, which means unless you're running at him, you can't really double. Um, and if you're doubling him and not Kenny Clark, uh, why would you do that? Because Kenny Clark is disruptive and he's the one that could make you pay. And then if you try to block this guy one-on-one, how the hell are you going to block a 6'5", 350-pound man? Like, to me, it just it seems like it would fit. And this feels like the game to do that. Clog up some holes for Derrick Henry. Like you said, Tyler, don't let him get one-on-one with a full barrel of steam on Darnell Savage because that's not going to end well um, for anyone outside of Derrick Henry and the Titans. Um, so to me, yes, I think that is right. And even though it might not be the best player on our team, he isn't. Um, but I feel like alongside Kenny Clark, you add in uh, the big bodies of Zadarius Preston and or Rashawn Gary. Um, hopefully Rashawn Gary comes back. I know he came out in that Panthers game. Um, we'll just have to see. And, and at this point, because of our defense, they're starting to trend in the right direction. So maybe you don't want to do that. But also at the same time, I do feel like Derrick Henry is just different and you got to try to find a way to slow him down. And I don't think Mike Pettin is going to put eight in the box anyways. So to me, you got to figure out a different way to do it. And to me, Anthony Rush seems like 
the best option. Now, the flip side of that, you can't put Aiden in the box because this offense is more than Derrick Henry. And Ryan Tannehill is probably the perfect quarterback for this team um, outside of, you know, the Viking situation. This is the best situation for a Kirk Cousins because this is the type of offense he needs. He needs that play action and Tannehill is running it brilliantly. And outside of just having the right quarterback for the system and being kind of okay with that game manager type of play, he has two pretty damn good stars on the outside and in at the tight end. Johnny Smith has been very, very good this year. And you look at um, A.J. Brown, he's, to me, if I had to repick the draft and D.K. Metcalf is there at 12, Rashawn Gary's there at 12, and A.J. Brown's there at 12, I'll take A.J. Brown. I absolutely love him. I think he is ascending to a top 10 talent at wide receiver. I think he's going to be there very, very soon. He's been incredible. Um, And then on the other side, Corey Davis, who they haven't gotten nearly enough out of throughout his rookie contract, starting to show up this year. I believe it's a contract year for him. He's starting to play well, create down the field. It's just there's a lot of lot of talent on this offense. And I talked about that against the Panthers, that they have a lot of talent. Well, this is like the Panthers on steroids because these talented guys are just flat out more talented than what we saw against the Panthers. So the defense has to stand up to that. One final point on Derrick Henry. Um, we, we had been talking about him early in the year, and we knew he's been good. He's been good the whole year. He's been talked about as one of the best running backs in the league. But he has been really, really good as of late. Since week 10, he's had one grade under 60. Uh, he had a bad game against Cleveland. He didn't do very good at all in that one. Um, but outside of that, he's had 77.7, 70.9, and then starting in week 12, 80.1, week 14 against Jacksonville, 92.4, 84.8 against Detroit. He's really starting to peak at the right time, which is also scary. And I think Corey Davis and um, A.J. Brown are also doing that. So it's not just Derrick Henry. And I know I've been listening to uh, podcasters across Packer Nation that are saying it's not just Derrick Henry, but it truly is not just Derrick Henry because there is some stellar, stellar talent on this team outside of him as well. Yeah, I was going to make that point. So I'm really glad you did. And the crazy part with Tannehill is on the year, he has 31 touchdowns passing and only five interceptions. So like this Titans team just doesn't turn the ball over that well. So like the mantra of getting ahead early, make them force mistakes, Probably not going to happen. I mean, they did have three turnovers against the Browns, and they ultimately lost that game because they're a slow start, but I'm not going to bank on that again. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm conflicted because I had, I've had i been debating this all day. You say, don't put eight people in the box. And my, my counter at first was, well, okay, we know we have good corners. Like, make them try and beat us. But then at the other part, I'm like, A.J. Brown is just a freak of nature. So if he's on Jair or Kevin King, 
I don't care how good Jair is. He size-wise, he has a huge advantage, and he, he's still really freaking fast. And then the other corner most likely has to guard Corey Davis, who's like a, a streak of shit going across the field. So it's like there's no easy matchup for the secondary either. So I don't really think you can commit to putting eight in the box because then they're just going to pass all over you. Like the Titans are smart. So I I guess I'm kind of leaning more towards you. You just have to hope players execute, which is scary because last time we hoped in that in the NFC Championship game, it didn't work. So I I don't know. It's such a tough decision. It it really is, and I do not envy Mike Patton in the least here. Um, I I have heard it a couple times, and I think I think it's the best option. You have to trust Jair. And like you said, size-wise, not a great matchup for Jair. A.J. Brown could just physically take a toll on him and kind of get what he wants because Jair will be in good coverage. But if Ryan Tannehill throws it up, um, A.J. Brown's coming down with it. Like, unless Jair has perfect timing, um, you know, instead of going for the ball – he, you know, waits for AJ Brown to come down with it and punches it out. Like if there's if there's a jump ball, it's pretty hard for uh, Jair Alexander to win the route. And to me, you could kind of shade coverage there and help over the top for those jump ball situations, make it harder on AJ Brown. But then that just means Corey Davis is streaking around along the other side of the field. So to me, I think it's one-on-one coverage. You take your lumps when it happens against Jair and A.J. Brown because it's going to happen just because the matchup isn't there for Jair Alexander. You roll coverage. You know, you have a safety over the top of Kevin King, who's guarding Corey Davis. You say, Kevin, you jump on the, you know, short routes, the slants, the in routes, the digs. You're jumping on those. If he goes deep, he does a double move to you. We have safety help over the top. They'll be there for you. And I feel like that could be a way to take those two away. But then, like you said, you kind of just have to execute from there. I think that could be the plan, um, you know, and then you you almost have to have two linebackers in there to try to stop Derrick Henry or at least slow him down. And again, I don't love our chances, but you have in the situation we've been talking about, let's say they actually do bring up Anthony Rush and get him on the active roster and in running downs where they're, they're still going to play action. So that's why we're talking about the pass, but you have Anthony rush, Kenny Clark as your down lineman. If you want, you can do those two plus a Tyler Lancaster, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, you know, throw in another defensive lineman or you throw in Zadarius Smith. And then you have Rashawn and Preston on the outside and you have two true linebackers. My preference would be Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin. And you know that those two have a little bit more. They're not the best coverage linebackers, but at least they give you athleticism because we haven't seen that from Christian Kirksey. So hopefully they can do enough against Jonu Smith when they do pass the ball. Um, that to me, you load up the box as much as you can without like just letting that Corey Davis streak down the sidelines against Kevin King um, and all those things, you can still 
bring up a Adrian Amos into the box in those situations, have Darnell Savage, you know, shading towards Kevin King's side. And then you have a big box and you trust Jair Alexander to get the job done, even though he's not going to do it every snap against AJ Brown again, just because it's a tough matchup. And I feel like then you're doing your best to stop Derrick Henry. You are doing your best to stop Corey Davis and A.J. Brown while trying to stop Derrick Henry. I feel like that's the best option, but I've felt a lot of things are the best option for our defense, and Mike Pettin seems to not think that. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how they play it. And when it truly comes down to it, I think what you said before, Tyler, is completely correct. The only way we slow Derrick Henry down is straight-up execution. You can scheme things open. You can do a lot of different things to try to stop him. But when it comes down to it, the players absolutely need to execute. Derrick Henry has, which I initially thought was a typo, um, he has 1,600 yards almost 1,700 yards this year. He has 15 touchdowns. He's averaging half a first down every time he touches the football. You're not going to stop him. The best you can hope for is slowing him down. Um, Cleveland did it a few weeks ago. He had 15 carries, 60 yards. They got up big in that game, if I remember correctly. Yep. And – you know, he that's still four-yard carry average. That's not terrible. It's below his season average, but that's not a terrible, terrible game. But that's what you're talking about. It, it's our best defense this week. You know, we'd love to see a good scheme. We'd love to see something work on that side. But we need to get out. We need to score. And we need to not fall like we did in the second half against the Panthers. Um, so do you have anything else in terms of matchups in this game? Or do you want to get to your stats? Um, no, let's keep talking matchups because like the other caveat people or common phrase everyone likes to say is, well, let your offense be your best defense. Well, this Titans team is susceptible to giving up points. And it feels like in the last couple weeks, this Packers offense has gotten into weird games where it's like they only get like three or four drives a half and it is really bizarre. So like from that standpoint, you're like, oh okay, you know, let's just take our time, march down the field, get our points, and then, you know, be on our way. Hopefully get lucky and come up with a stop. (laughs) Never know if that's going to happen or not. Um, But then at the same time, we're talking about two of the most explosive offenses in the league. So, like, what kind of game are we going to see? Are we going to see a battle for time of possession, or are we just going to see an absolute shootout? I mean, I don't know. Which one of these do you expect? Is one more beneficial for the Packers? Or what's the best way to think about this? <sighs> I think I think just because if it is truly a shootout, and let's say it's the shootout where the first quarter leans Packers. So overall, it's going to be 38-35 or 42-38, you know, somewhere in that range. But the Packers jump out early, and they get a 10-0, 14-0 lead early in the game. Maybe they get a turnover. You know, something happens where they're up two scores early in the game. And that shouldn't take the Titans out of what they should be doing, and that's running the football. But sometimes it does. And that might be 
the best option, you know, make them come back and throw the football. I just said, you know, Tannehill has been good this year. They have two very, very good receivers on the outside. They have Johnny Smith, who's been a good tight end this year. That's still not a great way to go about this. But to me, if they become one dimensional, they become less explosive, like you were talking about. To speak to the explosiveness, um, you know, Green Bay has been talked about as one of the best offenses in the league. DVOA bears that out. Um, right now they're ranked second in offensive DVOA, and they are .3 behind the Chiefs um, for that first overall spot in offensive DVOA. I think they were first last week in offensive DVOA. They were. Um, so they did drop down a little bit, but they're right there with the Chiefs in terms of offensive DVOA. They are first in offensive PFF grades, and they are just two. above the Titans for that second spot. So, um, and then you look back at the Titans for DVOA, they are third, so just behind the Packers. So they are every bit as good of an offense as we are. And then turning over to the defensive side of the ball, so it's like, okay, what defense has been better over the course of the year? Well, that's a good question because PFF says one thing and football outsiders says a completely different thing. Green Bay has been 18th, according to uh, Football Outsiders DVOA, in defensive DVOA. And if you look to Tennessee, they're at 28 overall in the league. Um, So definitely pretty bad there. And the edge actually does go to the Packers, which, again, I know we're all surprised. Um, And then if you look... Just rush DVOA for the Packers, they are 21st. They've kind of been hovering around that low 20s um, throughout the course of the year. And we look at Tennessee for rush, they're at 16 past DVOA, which I think is important to look at for Tennessee. This is where they struggle. They are at 30th in the league for past DVOA, which could be a very advantageous situation for the Packers. Um So that is definitely something to watch there. Now, PFF has it a little differently. Um, So if we look at defense, overall defense for the Titans, they're actually slightly better than the Packers. Uh, Packers are 15th, Titans are 13th, according to PFF overall defensive grade, which I think is interesting considering Football Outsiders says no, they're 27th, I think I said. Um, so just not good there. Um, and then you look at another metric I want to look at for, for PFF real quick, their coverage grade. They're seventh in the league, according to PFF in coverage grade. So just not, uh, it doesn't really make sense. PFF has them as a top half defense football outsider pretty substantially has them in like a very lower third of the league in terms of their defense. So not really sure what to make of it. Um, I think points per game, they're right about the low 20 ish range. So is that where they are? You know, are they the 20th best defense? If that's the case, it's top tier offense, top tier offense and slightly below average defenses, which to me, it's going to make a very, very fun football game on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Very fun and and very scary, I think, are the ways to go about it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. We're either going to go to bed knowing we played a really good game or we just 
absolutely sucked. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to feel about it. I I would love to see the Packers win. You know, the Packers win and the Rams beat the Seahawks. They clinched the number one seed. Um, but the Packers can also just win at Chicago and clinch. Um, I believe I heard that if they beat Chicago because it's an NFC team, they beat Chicago, they clinched the first overall seed. So really, this is not an overly huge game for the Packers to continue on clinching that first seed. Um, but this and and I feel like there's a human element to this game as well. So I feel like this Packers defense is like, we're starting to play a lot better. Let's go. We need to go out and prove it against this offense because this is a very good offense. Let's go out and prove it. So I do feel like there is definitely that element to the defense, but I feel like that's more of a fan element um, because if we, let's say we win this game, we win this game 52 to 48, and it looks like the defense can't stop a nosebleed. I am going to be upset on the re- recap podcast that how are we going to stop anyone in the playoffs? Now, if our offense scores 52 points, really doesn't matter, but we've also scored 50 points and lost in a playoff game before. So, um, yeah, I, it's definitely going to be one of those games that if we lose and let's say the offense just has a couple uncharacteristic turnovers, um, not something that you really expect to see happen again. Um, and the defense plays well, holds this team to 28 points and just the turnovers caused the loss. I would be more okay with that than winning and giving up, you know, 45, 50 points, but somehow coming out with a win. But that's just like me being a fan that thinks that momentum is a real thing week to week. It can be, but not as big as us fans make it out to be. So to me, enjoy this game. I really, really hope it's a good one. Um, But just enjoy it because these are two very, very good teams and it'll be fun to watch. Tyler, we have spent a lot of time talking about this matchup and we haven't even gotten to our stats. So what is your stat for the week? Um, Well, I said I wasn't going to put a number on it, but now I'm going to put a number on my stat. Just don't let Derrick Henry surpass 296 rushing yards, which is the single game all-time high <laughs> set by Adrian Peterson in 2007. <laughs> if, it, if this actually happens and he sets that record, um, I'm going to take so much hate. But yeah, you're, you know <laughs> you're off this podcast if that happens. <laughs> but you know what? Anything less, that's okay. Just, just don't let him go absolutely bananas. Don't let him reach 300. <laughs> So no, to me, <laughs> to me, if you keep Derrick Henry under 150 rush yards, I would be okay with that. Because one, I know there's not a, another back like him. I know there's very talented backs. I know Alvin Kamara in total yardage could very easily crack 150, 180 in the NFC playoffs against the Packers. Know that. Doesn't look like the Vikings would get in, but if they did. Dalvin Cook could very much do that. But there is not another Derrick Henry right now. Now, there might be in a year or two when uh, Thizilla in or Quadzilla in A.J. Dillon starts getting some more playing time. Maybe there's another Derrick Henry. Uh, but to me, you know, let's 
just not get absolutely gashed. I feel like we know we're probably going to get gashed. Let's just not get destroyed in the run game. 100, 120 yards, top it off there, and hope our offense can do enough and our pass rush and secondary can can do enough as well. Um, I'm going to quick get into my things. I'm just going to say um, – what the rounded up number would be in terms of where their ranking is in overall statistics, offensive, defensive, and special teams. Offensive or overall, they are ranked uh, 2.5, so three there. Offensively, 1.5, so they're at two. Defensively, 17, they are ranked currently. Um, I just used DVOA and PFF for that. And then special teams, 28th in the league. So we know their weaknesses. We know their strengths. The, the defense, according to these two metrics, DVOA and PFF, has them as a fairly neutral middle-of-the-pack defense. And their one true weakness is special teams. And every week we're looking at this saying, just don't give up the big play. Just don't give up the big play. Tyler, let's get your game prediction for this football game. And if it's anything like our pick'em pool that we have, I might jump through this computer. It is like our pick'em pool, Trevor. I have predicted the Packers to lose once this season, and today I'm going to say twice. Sorry. Um, I am going with an explosive game. I'm going... 35 to 31 Packers lose. Okay. In that situation, how many yards did Derrick Henry get? Um, I'm going to go with 180 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Yes. He wouldn't be happy with that. Me either. <laughs> um, and it all, it kind of also depends how Mike Patton plays it, right? If Mike Patton has, eight, nine guys in the box consistently and Derrick Henry gets that, then I'm like, no, we're not going. We're, we're not going to win a Super Bowl with this defense because if he's doing that to stop Derrick Henry and he gets that, that's one thing. Now, if he's planning to say, if you want to run the ball all game, go ahead. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to stop you throwing the ball down the field. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, we're going to shut him down. We're going to you know, man coverage the whole time, safety help every play. We're going to make you beat you, make you beat us with Derrick Henry, Johnny Smith, and whoever else. But if that's the way he gets 180 and he's got, you know, six people in the box instead of eight or nine, then I don't feel as terrible about it, but I still don't feel great. Um, to me, I think... So it's hard because I think the Packers are a better team, albeit fairly slightly, but I do think the Packers are a better football team right now. And, you know, saying that doesn't mean a whole lot because I think they're fairly close in terms of overall. Um, I think they are very, very close. You know, to me, Titans are one of the two or three best in the AFC Packers, to me right now, are the best in the NFC. So you're talking about, you know, four teams difference right now, potentially, and that might be even a little bit too much. But to me, I think they're fairly 
close. I think the Packers do have the edge slightly, but this matchup makes it hard for me because I I know the matchup. I know Derrick Henry. I know these two talented receivers plus Tannehill who does a good job of getting the ball out, all those types of things. It's a tough matchup, but I think the Packers figure out a way to do it. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, and I I don't know if we'll truly know other than guys just playing well um, on Sunday, but I think the Packers edge them out. I think it's going to be fairly similar score. I'm going to go slightly different, um, though I'm going to go 31 to 28, slightly less high scoring. Um, but I do think, like I said earlier on in the show, Packers get out big early and feel like they can't go to Derrick Henry. They still do. He still gets plenty of touches and, you know, he probably goes 15 carries for a buck 10, buck 20, but 15 carries compared to 30 carries. If Derrick Henry gets 30 carries, we lose this game. So that's what I'm kind of looking at. Packers get out early, do enough late to win, just like they did against the Panthers, but now they do it against a tougher opponent, and Packer fans will feel better about that. So that's going to be it for us this week. A little bit longer than we have been recently, but I think that's fair because this is one of the better teams we've faced in recent weeks, and... This is an interesting matchup because in the AFC right now, I would have Chiefs and then I'd have the Bills and Titans too, in my opinion. Um, Steelers are struggling right now. So, you know, they play a good game against the Chiefs and the Packers make the Super Bowl. There's a very real chance that this is a Super Bowl preview right now. So that's definitely interesting there's three teams in the afc like i said the bills the chiefs and the titans i think the chiefs are most likely but those are the three teams for me in the afc that i'm really watching that i think can make it so to play one of those teams leading up to a playoff run where you don't absolutely have to win the game i'm gonna love this preview matchup i think it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be an important measuring tool for this team and hopefully they can come out on top. Like I said, 31-28. Tyler's a downer, so we won't repeat his score. And until we are recapping the 12th win of the season, go back, go. Give it to Devontae.